0: Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Or we like to talk about things that are messy,
1: awkward, hard, or controversial and
0: create a space for healing. Hey guys, welcome back. Megan and I um if you're watching on YouTube, I think I have slightly better video everyone. What do you think? Megan, like you said to each say that.
1: episode each episode we improve a little bit
0: well yeah it's just my room has terrible lighting so maybe I'll have to start recording outside of my room but then that gets tricky because I have roommates you're gonna say
1: outside you're just in the street
0: (laughs) in the snow in my backyard the lighting would probably be beautiful but it would be a hot mess (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah that wouldn't be great so before we started um, Megan was talking about how much she loves marrying apparitions actually before we started recording. Yes. Um, and that she's gonna become Catholic. So we can't mm-hmm, do any mm-hmm. um argument. Finally been convinced. Yeah, because Megan has finally submitted to um my to me. So Yes.
1: That's what I do best, honestly.
0: <laughs> Be submissive. <laughs> As a good Christian woman. You know yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's me that's not what this episode is about and that's also not true don't worry megan's mom oh shoot i
1: thought we were talking about submission
0: Uh, no (laughs) today we're talking about how we're still mentally ill oh i just messed up my it's fine everything's fine um yeah yeah, so that's what we're talking about today um because we did an episode i think it was our very first literally Our second episode ever, I think. It's been a while. Just ignore me while I try to fix my mic. It's been a while. We um, did a
1: few. We did like a few episodes just talking about mental health. And then we did ones like specifically about like our mental health journeys. But that was like what 2020? That was a while ago. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, it's that been was a while minute.
0: ago. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um and I feel like we can link those below because it is a really good backstory. Each of us will link Megan to an episode. I did an episode just on our overall like mental health journeys, um, mm-hmm. because I think that's a really great way to get to know our stories. Um, but, and this, we
1: won't really yeah. go over it again.
0: So this will be kind no. of like 2020 forward. Where have we been at? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Megan. So do you want to do you want to start off? Um just with how you've been doing check-in <laughs> with all of your life changes yeah. we talked about how Megan's had a baby and moved so yeah
1: yeah and I think the the last time I talked about this I had like just started anxiety medication which was like yeah. a huge step for me yeah. was yeah. starting anxiety medication in 2020 what a year to start medication honestly um yeah yeah <laughs> Nothing was going on in the world, but oh, it was just good for me. That was
0: chill. Everything was totally yeah. chill.
1: No. So that was like a huge thing like two years ago was like starting medication. Um so I kind of wanted to start out by like talking about how that has been going. Just my my journey with medication. It has not been an easy ride. Um I, there's some yeah. people out there who the first like medication they try the dosage is perfect the medication is perfect and they feel great and i love that for those people that was not my experience <laughs> love that for you um, <laughs> right love that journey for you um yeah i would that's what i would wish on anyone unfortunately that's not always the case and i think i had this idea in my head once i finally like came to terms with it and i was like okay i'm going to start medication I was like, this this will fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wish more people had talked about like, hey, it's okay if like it takes a while to figure out because I remember when I realized I needed to like try a different kind, I was like having meltdowns because I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm never yeah. going to find something that helps me. And that's not yeah. the case. So mm-hmm. I first started Lexapro, felt incredible. Could you hear the snowplow? <laughs>
0: No, I can't hear any of it. Oh, you okay, good. I was like, oh,
1: no. <laughs> I felt incredible. Uh, like, literally, I remember, like, the day it kicked in, I was like, whoa, the sun was shining, birds were singing. Like, I felt amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one of the side effects that some people can experience is weight gain. Um, and I mm-hmm. definitely experienced that. Uh, within, like, six months, I had nearly gained 50 pounds. And that wasn't showing a sign of stopping. Um yeah. And it was something my doctor had been monitoring. And at that point she was fly- finally like, we can't continue this medication for you. And I had tried like several different things um, yeah. to help that weight gain. And it, that was just how my body was going to react to that medication. Common so side effect. I had to go up. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a common side effect that people don't talk about, but I've seen happen a lot um with antidepressants. So Yeah, especially SSRIs.
1: Um, Yes. So she decided to switch me to um, a neuropronephrine, which I was on Bupropion. And for some people that works great. I felt awful. (laughs) I Uh, think truly like the worst I've ever felt in my life. Um, Part of it was it was just a very difficult transition from Lexapro to Bupropion or Wellbutrin. Some people know it as Wellbutrin. I had severe serotonin withdrawals. I was sick for weeks. Um, the worst like anxiety and depression I'd ever had I was having thoughts of harming myself. It was just very, very bad place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was communicating with my doctor. Um, she was hopeful that it was just a bad transition and that once like it kicked in, it would work for me. Just never did. <laughs> it was not going to work. It was not the right fit for me. I don't, I just don't think that's what my body needed. So then I tried, um, it's called an SNRI. So it's a serotonin and norepinephrine. Um, and I was on Cymbalta and that was like night and day. The transition to Cymbalta way easier. I felt incredible. It was like, finally, I'd like found like the perfect fit for me, um, yeah I just I didn't have it was even better than Lexapro because Lexapro I, I had a lot of like the the numbness and the uh, like low, yeah. libido, low yeah. energy with Lexapro with Cymbalta I felt sharp clear energetic mm-hmm. like truly the best I'd ever felt so that was amazing and that was like really when I started feeling hope like okay I found something that works for me like this is great found the right dosage I did it uh, and then I got pregnant <laughs> yeah and they don't recommend being on cymbalta for pregnancy yeah so that was sort of crushing um not because i didn't want to be pregnant i did want to be pregnant um it was very much like yeah that was what i wanted that was clearly what god wanted but it was like very like discouraging because i was like i just found something that worked for me and i was very anxious about trying to try something different Mm -hmm. so um Yeah, that was hard. So that was December of 2021. So it took that long to really find something that worked just for me to be like, great, now I got to find something else. So um, in December, my doctor decided to switch me to Zoloft, um, sertraline, I don't know what people know it as. And that transition was not as bad as what I had experienced before, um, I would say there was probably a week where I felt like really off. Um, I felt sick, felt yeah. anxious, um, but nowhere near the transition from Lexapro. Yeah. Um, it was, it was okay. And I had to be on a very, very low dose for my mm. pregnancy. And that was difficult because I would say certainly better than nothing. Yeah. But it was hard um it it helped curb like some panic attacks and like the general anxiety but i really had to work with my therapist on coping techniques um, and i really couldn't rely on much medication which was a bit of a challenge um so yeah i'm currently on zoloft still because i'm breastfeeding i was able to up the dosage slightly which has been helpful especially since i had pretty severe postpartum anxiety um yeah, there was a day where I like yeah. couldn't stop throwing up. <laughs> like it was pretty bad, which was really fun with a C-section. <laughs> um, uh so yeah, yeah, my doctor was able to safely up the dosage while still keeping it low for breastfeeding. Um so that has been good. I would say my experience with the Zoloft is that it's okay. It's better than nothing. Um I don't have any of the like weight gain side effects or anything like that. Um I would say and it was funny I asked john my husband about his perception of like how am i different on the different kinds um and he was said zoloft makes me just slightly duller like everything is dulled down a little bit um which is hard you know uh yeah i don't feel as energetic i feel like yeah it's just everything is a little more dull i feel a little more numb i don't feel things quite the same so i would say this is definitely not a long-term solution but what I've just come to terms with is that, um, in this season, this is what is working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Antidepressants, they can have so many like symptoms that people don't talk about. And also I think what doesn't get talked about a lot is having to take medication when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, cause in the past it was just, you completely stopped your medication because they just didn't know if it was safe to take, um, if it was, if it was a tetragen or not, you know, um, so now that, you know, you can take it still, but you can't take certain kinds. And I think there just seems to be a lot more research, which is unfortunate that there's not mm-hmm. a great way to do research on pregnant women with medications, you know, to see what? if they're safe or not. Um, yeah, I don't know anyone
1: who's going to sign up for that. Trial.
0: <laughs> no, and I don't know how they've even figured out that some of them are like safe. I think maybe it's just like people. I I mean, I used I read the story of this woman who struggled with severe depression and she got off of her antidepressant and then she was like suicidal and pregnant. And her doctor was just like, I mean, we're just going to have to put you on a small, like a smaller dose or whatever. And it really helped. So maybe that's how they found out. I don't know. I kind of want to do research on that. just through
1: necessity. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people just have this mindset, like, well, you don't need medication for your mental health. Like you take it just because it's helpful. So if you're pregnant, like, isn't it better just to like go off of it? Um, And for a lot of people, I would say most people It it is a necessity. Um, yeah. it's not something I yeah. can just go off and actually live without severe, severely debilitating
0: anxiety. I mean, so, we would love that. Like we I think I we love the misconception. <laughs> Yeah, there's a huge misconception which we talked about that people that take medication are trying to find the easy way out, and I do think it can be overprescribed. I think that is an issue yeah. that people should try other lifestyle changes. Like I think you should definitely be in therapy as well, which we I mean, we both you know have been in therapy yep. too. But you should try like therapy or lifestyle changes because those often can help some of your symptoms but if you're someone that actually has like an anxiety disorder that which both of us have struggled with since we were young and depression Mm -hmm. you often will need medication for a time or for a low dose for the rest of your life like I I mean I don't know um it's just not it's not realistic to just be like oh just work out more and eat healthier um (laughs) I've been like On which I guess I'll talk about more and then I'll let Megan finish, but like, I think you can relate, like we've been where we've been working out, eating healthy, like doing all of the right things um, and still like really, really struggling. Even when I've been on medication, like all those things together, like it's just not Mm -hmm. realistic. So yeah, I think it's good that you're talking about it though, Megan, because it's probably something that doesn't get, I don't, I haven't heard talked about a lot dealing with medication and pregnancy at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Uh
1: and pregnancy is already interesting. Lots of hormonal Hormones, changes. Yeah. I think anyone who has gone through pregnancy has experienced some level of struggle in, in that area, just emotionally, physically. It it can be very um challenging, draining. And so yeah, add on top of that mental illness. Um, it's, it's a fun ride. <laughs> yeah. It's It's definitely interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what have you found like outside of medication, because you know you don't just i know you don't just rely on your medication, but you have gone to therapy and have found coping skills that have helped. If you want to talk a little bit about that,
1: yeah, therapy was huge um yeah. I, I and I would always encourage someone who is going to try medication to do it alongside therapy because I really felt like. Sure. Medication was not the only solution for me. It truly just made therapy more possible. It made yes. therapy more helpful. Yeah. But it was it was really my therapist who helped me work through different coping techniques, mm-hmm. different just tools to have in a tool belt to deal with anxiety because I, I know you experience this too. Medication doesn't make my anxiety go away. Yeah. It <laughs> makes it more manageable,
0: it but did. it is yeah. still there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wish it just made it completely go away. Be nice. (laughs) So I really felt like um, therapy helped me, one, to actually just talk through, like, what are my triggers? What really makes me anxious? And then how can I work through those situations? So, like, for example, I I figured out or my therapist figured out. I don't know. We both figured out that uh, a trigger for me is like feeling trapped and this could be anything from like riding public transportation to Mm -hmm. just being somewhere like a gathering where I don't have a car like if I don't have a way of escape kind Mm -hmm. of thing Uh, really interesting but that was like a huge trigger for me I would make myself like ill just feeling like I couldn't like escape or like run Um, I noticed that when I would enter situations I would immediately figure out like an exit plan like how do I get out of here if I need to kind of thing um and so we kind of worked through like okay like where did this come from what's the root of this how do you work through this and then like practically when i'm in those situations where i feel like i can't get out and i start to feel panicky and i start to feel a panic attack come on like what can i do um and that was monumental because that can be really debilitating. I mean, you can't just stay in your house all day long yeah, <laughs> just because yeah. you might be in situations where you can't easily get out of them. So that was really helpful. That's just an example. I mean, there was so many. Um, it also really helped me, I think, being in therapy, dealing with the shame of having anxiety. And I struggled my whole life really beating myself up for being anxious yeah, and really just struggling with a lot of horrible negative self-talk because i really looked down on myself for even having this struggle in the first place. Yeah. And that in and of itself was also really harmful because when i would be struggling with anxiety to just say some horribly cruel things to myself, yeah, reinforced the kind of like that self-hatred and just made it like an endless spiral. And therapy really helped me come to terms with anxiety being something outside of me that is affecting me which was a huge mindset shift from I am anxiety like this is my identity this is who I am Uh so this thing that causes me such discomfort causes me such pain I viewed that as myself Mm. so I could say like I hate anxiety but I was hating myself if that makes Mm. sense it was like this is who I am and so it was this like just deep self-hatred and so when I could shift, and it and it was, took a while, it was a transition, but to shift my perspective of this is something that affects me, that mm-hmm. I struggle with, but it's an outside force affecting me versus something inside coming out, that was really helpful in dealing with anxiety and, and being in those moments where I could be like, okay, I'm experiencing anxiety. But it helped that negative self-talk to not just go down this dark spiral of self-hatred. So that was one area that therapy really helped and therapy also really just helped me once I worked through that shame actually be more willing to admit when I was anxious and to talk to people which is also huge because I would just bottle that inside and I would try to deal with it on my own and it was just impossible and so actually like building a healthy support system around myself and then being able to be honest with that support system and be vulnerable um I remember even like I talked to her about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being like I finally have like a really healthy friendship like how do I be honest with this friend about when I'm feeling anxious Um, you know because I feel like that's embarrassing or like shameful and just working through like it's okay to tell people like wow I'm really struggling with anxiety today or wow this situation really made me anxious Mm -hmm. and like they're not going to think less of me they're not in fact they want to help me they want to know when I'm not doing okay and so that was like Something that therapy really helped was just having, like, time to, like, talk through it with someone who's just, like, zero judgment. Like, that's what they're there for. It kind of, like, trained me to be able to also talk to, like, safe people
0: in my life. Yeah. um,
1: Which was really helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Megan and I actually had the same therapist, Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because Megan went to this therapist. I think maybe we talked about this, but she was telling me she's so amazing. I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up. So <laughs> I was like, she has an yeah, no opening.
1: You should try to get in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we should say, I don't know if we've ever said her name or where she works. I don't know if that's like, okay, but we love her. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, that business. was like
1: something I was really sad about leaving Chicago I was like no yeah. therapist
0: <laughs> I'm sure you could start remote if you ever wanted to again but it can True. be yeah it can be expensive if you don't have like the right insurance coverage which ugh, so that's just like should not be a thing and that is so frustrating to me yeah um, and that is something
1: I've been thinking about lately Is just the accessibility of of therapy because i know a lot of times yeah. we're just like go to therapy everyone should go to therapy and it's like well not everyone can afford it and that is a totally other different conversation but yeah. it is something i'm
0: cognizant of which like i don't know if that's something that would like we could really cover or like fits into what we would cover on our podcast but ugh, i just I, um i don't know but yeah um so what are you focusing on moving forward megan um Now that you are kind of settling into being a mom, into breastfeeding, and I you have more transitions coming up just because you're going to eventually stop breastfeeding. And I don't know. I think once you have a kid, the journey just starts because they're just going to keep going. (laughs) They're going to keep growing up and it's going to be, it's an adventure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm finally moving out of like the survival phase of postpartum. I would say the first like three months was just like, let's get through this. Um, Yeah. For sure. Because you're healing, there's like a like just your entire body is just like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. And like hormonally, there's a tons of shifts. There's tons of shifts and like you're not getting much sleep. You're mm-hmm. trying to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding is like super hard. Yeah. Um, you have this like tiny little person that just utterly dependent on you, and then pile on top of that the fact we were like moving like one month postpartum. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I think I was just like, okay, let's just get through this. Like, let me just like survive. Now, five months postpartum, I really feel like I'm finally in a place where I'm like, okay, like I'm getting a rhythm in my life. feel like things are like leveling out, you know, hormonally. I'm not like insane, like crazy off the charts. um, My body is like feeling more like back to normal. Like I feel more myself. Um, So I'm definitely in just like a different position. So I think going forward, one thing I'm really just focusing on is my health. Um, I mentioned like early on trying Lexapro that it made me gain a lot of weight. And so for a long time, I really struggled with body image. Um, Mm -hmm. That was something that was really hard. Like I didn't even want to talk about it because it was almost like yeah. I just didn't even want to think yeah. about it or acknowledge it because it just made me like cry. It was horrible. Um, and then to move from that into being pregnant, where there's like a ton of changes with your body, you gain more weight, uh, which is healthy and normal and good. But it's just, you know, things start to not fit. You have to buy different clothes. I, anytime I went shopping, it was just like a meltdown because Yeah, it's just I felt really icky about myself, Um, but I truly just feel like something really shifted after I gave birth because Mm. I went through so much in that experience and it was like so just insane that coming out of that, I kind of had a respect for my body where I was like, (laughs) like we got through this together. And like, I was just kind of like shocked, like, wow, my body went through a lot And it looks really different now, but I feel like my mindset has changed to like being grateful for my body. Like my body was able to carry this little baby. My body was able to go through a very difficult birth process, um, a very difficult healing. And like, we're still here. We're okay. Um, And so I feel like even though like, yeah, could I lose more weight? maybe could I get stronger and healthier yes but my focus has changed from like I need to work out so I look good to like I want to work out because I need a I want a strong body like I want to take care of this body and steward myself um and so a much healthier mindset around like my health yeah so I would say that's a focus going forward it's just like I want to get healthy you know it's right now it's looked like eating like really just good foods like not even like going on a diet or something but just eating wholesome foods like what are like good clean foods that i can eat that are good for me good for breastfeeding you know make us feel good as a family um kind of just going into like a cleaner healthier lifestyle like i've like changed out our cleaning supplies to like rely less on chemicals and just more clean stuff and like natural products and natural soaps um because i've just started to appreciate like okay like I'm a mom now. (laughs) I have this little baby and I want to be healthy and strong for her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure working out will come as part of that eventually because I want to be strong. But at the moment, I'm just like slowly easing into it. And I feel like that's such a healthier perspective that I haven't
0: had for like two years. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I feel like I've had a similar journey and I definitely think that we should do an episode on like body image and weight loss. Um, which I think you like Megan and I have talked about doing, but um, I think that's just such a common struggle for women, just because most of us inevitably go through some kind of body shift, whether that's puberty, where your body just like drastically changes and it's not something that you necessarily can stop. Um, it's just something that you're going through. That's life and it's okay. But there's so much pressure on us to look the same and going through having to get new clothing. It's just like, it can be almost traumatic. Um, And you can almost feel very alone in it. And I think it's just something that's actually very common that we go through. Um, yeah. I, I love feel like I'm finally s- yeah. in a
1: place where I can yeah. talk about it now. Um, exactly. Cause that's something like we, you know, we're, we're all about, let's talk about it. Um, yeah. But it's also like, you know, when you're ready and, and I feel like I'm actually in a position now where I would be yeah. ready to do that. So
0: I agree. Yeah. There's periods where I've just been like, I don't want to talk about it. I can't, um, which is fine. Cause I don't think you should talk about things until you're in a good place when you're not speaking from like this total open wound. That's just like oozing everywhere. Um, and it's like not good. It's going to be less helpful for anyone listening, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that would be, yeah, great. But I also, I really liked what you said about focusing more on like the health, your health and your strength and just like caring for your body, not caring about how much, like how it looks. Because honestly, yeah. if you're focused on how it looks, sometimes you're not gonna be doing what's the most healthy thing. Like you can starve yourself and work out at the gym and lose weight and look really great and actually just not be healthy mentally or physically. Um, So focusing on that is just so much more important, even if you don't look Like maybe what society says is healthy, like long-term, what really matters is like being strong um, and being able to take care of your daughter and like be, you know, participating in your family life. Like that's what really matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's been cool to like watch my body
0: heal and,
1: and go through the shift of Mm -hmm. being pregnant and all, and then all the changes that came with that to postpartum um, was crazy. And just watching my body like heal kind of yeah i just like gained a respect for my body i was like wow this is like crazy like yeah
0: women's bodies uh, are and- insane it's <laughs> <just> incredible <laughs> yeah Yeah. <laughs> but they can create a tiny little human yeah just an entire human being just forms inside the woman's body which is just insane yeah i saw this tiktok like, I was, like, I of, photos of myself pregnant yeah. and i was like oh my gosh
1: that was like look how much your body ago, and i look completely different now yeah,
0: yeah human body yeah i saw a tiktok of this woman being like realizing that my body right now is like literally making bones inside of me like what is happening (laughs) so yeah it's just so cool sorry i'm putting up my um notes as i get into oh it's so much different. yeah what about you jackie your Um, your anxiety and depression are all gone well everyone i'm still mentally ill sorry to say (laughs) that i'm not healed Um, (laughs) just letting everyone know I'm still my goofy, goofy, silly self. Um,
1: (laughs) I definitely,
0: yeah, I think it's been two years since we filmed those episodes. So it's been a lot since then. Oh my gosh. Um, a lot of ups and downs. And I definitely think the winter months have always been harder for me just with the lack of sunshine and being outside, which I think even people that don't deal with actual depression, Definitely deal with a little bit of seasonal affective disorder, SAD, Um, especially in Chicago. It's just there's lower vitamin D, you're outdoors less, which we all know like makes us feel better. Um, I'm trying to stay active, but it is harder to be, you know, like you move less during the winter months. Um, But yeah, I've just been kind of up and down. Um, I went through a really rough period back went this past winter of the winter of like 2021 going into 2022. Um, And some things that I found that were helpful. um, So I really have cut down on coffee and alcohol which maybe there's some people listening that are like, la, 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 I don't want to hear this because I know for a long time, I just was just, I just like, I did not want to give up having my morning coffee. I just was like, totally ignoring how alcohol made me feel the next day when I would drink, but it's something I felt like I like had to do in social situations. Um, but those were really affecting my mental health. Like alcohol is a depressant. Um, and after drinking, like waking up and I have a lot of friends that have this similar experience, I would just feel like really, really anxious, um, really depressed and alcohol. It, I mean, it literally, it cuts down the effectiveness of an antidepressant. Like it doesn't mix well. So it's just not really smart to drink. I mean, I think they literally tell you when you take antidepressants that you shouldn't drink, but everyone does. Um, but it's because it makes them less effective. Um, So I've definitely cut back on alcohol just slowly, just more and more, especially as I'm learning that how just bad it is for you in general, um, which I don't think is talked about enough. (laughs) We think it's just kind of like, oh, whatever, like it's bad for you. No, it's actually really bad for you. But anyway, we'll get on that. (laughs) Um, And I've cut back on coffee and just caffeinated drinks in general um, because coffee is opposite of alcohol is a stimulant and that can really make your anxiety. I mean, it makes your heart rate go up. And if you have an anxiety mm-hmm. disorder, it can really make your anxiety worse. Um, also, which is bad for my stomach and my digestion. So I still drink coffee. I like, I even had coffee this morning, but I never drink it like right in the morning when I wake up, I let myself wake up and my body just kind of wake up. Um, and I try, I pretty much always, if I have a cup of coffee, I have it with or even just like green tea or matcha, like chai tea, which I actually try to have more than coffee. Um, I have it with food and I um, I only usually have like one a day. (laughs) So that's helpful. Um, So that's just some different lifestyle changes that I made. Um, Something else that has made my mental health better is I got a new job, (laughs) which I think that was part of what was making like this past winter so rough for me was just being in a job that wasn't a good fit. Um, And I think sometimes in life, you just really have to examine your life because you can have like an actual disorder, but there are definitely situations and maybe different relationships or circumstances that can make things a lot worse. And I think we all have come to a place in our life where we have to examine like our relation, a certain relationship or circumstances or a job and say like, is this something that is going to be good for me long-term? Is this helping my mental health? And obviously you can't always immediately get out of those situations. Like I had to find a new job. I had to wait for that right opportunity to come up. And um, you can't always, like if you have, there's a relationship in your life that's not Healthy. I don't know. You can't just immediately get rid of those things all the time. If you can completely remove yourself from a situation that's harming your mental health, like you should do that. But actually examining that helps you to either find like better coping skills to deal with that if it's something that is still in your life or just help you to start taking the next steps. So it's like I had to examine that and be like, I really need to be taking the steps to find a different job. <laughs> and thankfully, like God really provided and I like a, a different job kind of fell in my lap. And um, that's been really great for me and has helped a lot <laughs> in my mental health. Um, and something else that I've done since we last talked about it was I did EMDR and I'm going to pull my phone up now because I'm going to read to you what EMDR is. Um, I did that a long with my regular talk therapy, but I was doing like more EMDR with talk therapy, like once a month in between my sessions. And I did that for seven months. And it usually is something that you do for a shorter span of time. Um, I've thought about going back for some sessions. Um, but yeah, I'll just let you know what it is. So it's called eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And it's a psychotherapy that enables people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress that are the result of disturbing life experiences. Um, Repeated studies show that by using EMDR therapy, people can experience the benefits of psychotherapy that once took years to make a difference. So it used to be like really only people that had extreme PTSD. So you would see a lot of veterans that they would talk about that this worked. Um, But it can help. It really helps the body recover um which we all know that mental health it's like obviously it's not just we all think it's like in your brain but your brain is a part of your body and is sending signals to your body and like um there's a great book called the body holds the score it keeps the score or something like that which I haven't read yet but I've done a lot of like I've read a lot about the research that the book talks about um that just talks about how our bodies like will hold trauma so anyway this allows you to like reprocess trauma that you've been holding in your body or just like has been affecting you and it somehow like lets um things that you've been holding in your lower brain um which i'm going to try to use like whatever psychological terms it helps you to reprocess it with like your logic and your prefrontal cortex so that it's not just like you're not just having these very emotional like physical reactions to it you can actually process and work through it um and The best way I can describe it is it's like, so I would do the one where my therapist would move her hand back and forth if you're watching this on video, but my, like it would be lateral movements and my eyes would follow. Um, And I'm going to read. Eye movements are used during one part of the session. So after the clinician has determined which memory to target first, you like target a very specific memory. They'll ask the client to hold different aspects of the event or that in mind and to use their his Hand to track the therapist's hand as it moves back and forth across the client's field of vision. As this happens, for reasons believed by a Harvard researcher to be connected with the biological mechanisms involved in rapid eye movement, which is your REM sleep, internal association arise and the client begins to process the memory and disturbing feelings. Um, in successful EMDR therapy, the meaning of painful events is transformed on an emotional level. So it just helps you somehow to like process through really traumatic memories. I, I honestly can't really explain it. It would actually be really cool if we could have someone come on and talk about EMDR, someone that yeah. does EMDR therapy. I just thought about that, but yeah, basically I would go through, like, we would talk about these like really like these things I was struggling with and we would try to find like, well, what's the first time you felt like that, which isn't a lot of talk therapy. Like you try to find the root of where this started And, like, I would explain the situation to her. I would really, like, tell her, like, and it's like, and how did that make you feel? And then we would find, well, what's a better belief that we could, like replace that belief with because we would put to like to words what does that belief feel like we go through that first before we replaced it with a positive belief um and then i would just process through it like seven or eight times um with like the eye movement and it's like new things would come up and just somehow i don't know i don't know but it helps you like process these traumatic memories and better store them in the brain so that they're no longer like affecting you having negative effects on you um and somehow it helped um it's a really sensitive time, I think, um, because you're talking about such like I don't know, traumatic things, but it helps you do it in a controlled environment so that it's not like falling out like everywhere around you. Um, I don't know if I I don't know, Megan. Does that any of that make sense? <laughs>
1: yeah. And and is there a specific reason why it was like typically done in a shorter, like or a, a very constrained time frame, like oh, several like so many
0: months. It's usually because you're targeting very specific like events or memories or like something that you're struggling with. Um so And it's very intense from what yeah. I remember from
1: you talking about it too. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know if you'll remember this. Um, back when Jackie and I used to work together, <laughs> we would sit in the same office and we would just like listen to different like uh podcasts or video yeah. things while we worked. And we listened to a TED talk um from a guy talking about his
0: experience with E N D R. do you remember that I don't remember that
1: this was like way before you ever even tried it and I remember it was like the first time you or I had even heard of it but he kind of explained like the science behind it and how it helped him we were like whoa that's crazy and so I remember then like a year later when you were like I think I'm gonna try it I remember like thinking back on that and being like yeah "Yeah, I bet this would really help so yeah it's something I don't think a lot of people know about but it's very Yeah.
0: yeah I'll try and find it Yeah. We should, if we can find it, we'll also link that, um, in the show notes or whatever YouTube description. I don't even know what it's called. Um, (laughs) but we'll try to link that below (laughs) and Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So that's like, I can't really quite explain it. Um, but did you find it helpful? I did. I think I did. Um, and I did it for seven months and I, I would be definitely open to trying it again. Um, but I think it, yeah, it just helped me to really like tap into the root and like just discover like where these things were coming from. And it, it's like knowledge is power. So you have all these like things, these memories that you don't realize were so traumatic or all of these things like hidden. And you're like, well, where did this come from? Like, when did I start feeling this way? And it makes you really just like go back and figure out where this trauma is coming from and really be able to process it in a safe space. Because I think a lot of us deal with things we didn't even realize were traumatic to us, like maybe a small T trauma, which is like, it wasn't this huge life changing event, but it like the effect it had on us gave us similar effects to like a traumatic event, um, and I, I also like, I remember I went through like my intake and I actually, I had like several, which I didn't even think about, like several events in my life that were capital T traumas that I had just like, because you want to, you try to cope. So your brain will just store it as like, that wasn't a big deal, like whatever. But your body is still reacting to like little situations in your life that are triggering those other events that you do feel like it, like it's affecting you, but you don't realize it's affecting you. And I remember going back and I was just like, I don't think I've had like an exceptionally traumatic life compared to other people. I mean, maybe I don't know other people's life, like life stories, but I've had like, I I've had a lot of like things happen to me in my past that would be capital T traumas. And I didn't even realize that, like, it's so funny how the brain will just store things away. I mean, like, just forget about it. That wasn't that bad. Um, yeah. And I was able to go back through like my whole history and I, something that I, I discovered, um, just I was able to find the root. like one example I feel like was um where I feel like my body image issues started like I just could never figure that out um because I remember them starting from like a very young age and then that developed when I got older into like having a lot of anxiety about my body and like dealing with an eating disorder for some time and like I, it took me a while to heal from that. And I just, I, I don't know, I finally realized like, oh, it was because there were so many people around me like talking really negatively about their bodies. And i that's just like one example of um, something I feel comfortable sharing about things in the past. Like I was able to like get up memories of, oh, there were a lot of people around me that were talking so negatively about their bodies. Like that's where I got that from. And it was, I was able to go back. I don't know. I just helped me to kind of heal from that because I was able to look at the people like that were talking that way about their bodies. And I even can see it now. And I'm like, that is just so ridiculous. Like all this anxiety and all this that I've had about my body, like the root of it started then and being able to look at that and say, like, I can objectively look at these people and be like, it's just so sad to watch them struggle through this so much and then apply that to myself. Like, it just doesn't matter as much as like, it was ingrained in us from such a young age, that it matters mm-hmm. so much. But like, I don't know, just being able to find the root of that was so helpful. And there's a lot of things I was able to go back to and process in my childhood that like the reasons that I have such bad anxiety, I do think some of that was genetic. Um I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a mystery to me when you have something from a child, like as when you start in your childhood of anxiety, it's like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that was environmental or genetic. I think it was a combination, but being able to, yeah, just go back <laughs> and target like the start of that, um, it helps you to realize where that comes from and process and like lessen the symptoms today. Um, so EMDR, yeah, I think that was really helpful and I wish I could share more, but it's just like, I'm not comfortable really sharing, um, some of the stuff I processed through, but I hope that maybe it was a good like example or like explanation of yeah. EMDR. Um, I would love to be able to yeah. talk about that more because I think it's something that people a lot of questions on. Um, people don't think that the, re- it's relatively new that the research has come out. I think that backs it up so much, um, but it is really proven to really have great effects, Um, especially for people with trauma. And you might be one of those people and not realize that that's where your, your anxiety and depression comes from <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah that yeah, was great and I love that you are you, like it was added on to like your normal therapy
1: because I feel like a yeah. lot of people might be like I don't know like I don't really feel like my normal talk therapy is helping me and yeah and yeah. like we were saying before it's like well maybe maybe you need sort of a combination of things and there's no shame in that like you were saying yeah. like you don't have to be a war veteran to struggle with
0: um, different traumas in your life yeah, that your brain yeah. is
1: not processing in a way that's helpful mm-hmm. uh, and so like talking to someone who's a professional who can help you work through and walk through processing that in a helpful way yeah, yeah. To dramatically change how your body responds um, which can be very like confusing and disorientating when you have something that like doesn't feel like it's a big deal but your body is reacting as if it yes. is a big deal
0: yes. to discover
1: like This is why, because my body is responding as if it's this thing that happened years ago. Yeah. Um, And and if I can process that, then when I'm in those smaller situations, my body won't just knee jerk respond in that way. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I I think the example you shared was a good one. Um, You don't have to like go through like (laughs) this trauma, this trauma, this trauma, Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people can think back and be like, "Yeah, yeah, they're, are definitely things in my life that I think are connected to something that happened to me in my childhood that I'm just not sure. And now I'm responding in this way and to be able to walk yeah. through that in a very yeah. like clinical environment uh, could be extremely helpful for some people. So.
0: Yeah. And I think you awesome. can do what we talked about. Like if it's, I don't, you can do that in regular talk therapy, but I think EMDR is worth a shot if it's something that is like very, very traumatic. Um yep. And I said, like, for one person, something that wouldn't be traumatic to another it is traumatic, like the, you don't control how the body ends up storing that what happened to you, especially if you were a child which I think is something that like when you're a child, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to process it. Like your brain's not as fully developed. So it stores all of that trauma. And I'm trying to explain it in a way that like makes sense, but in a lower brain where your logic and all of that cannot engage with it and really make sense of it. So it's stuck in that lower brain functions where a lot of like just your physical you know, like you have physical and emotional bodily reactions to something and you can't really process through it or like make sense of it because it's just stored there. And it needs the two parts of the brain to like connect so that you can process through it and store it properly. Um, and I hope that that makes yeah. It makes sense. But there's so many, there's, yeah, maybe there's th- a- this
1: could be like yeah. literally a whole episode yeah. because it yeah. also kind of plays with like implicit and explicit memories and the way yes. your brain stores memory yeah. is different. Like explicit memories are memories that you can like envision in your head. Like, okay, I can kind of like almost go back and see it happening. Yeah. Whereas an implicit memory is one that my body remembers, but I can't actually visualize it in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the memories that really affect us because we aren't able to realize like I can think back and be like oh yeah I remember you know as a child having this thing happen and oh I would just remember how I was feeling in that moment I can think back and like remember what it looked like but if I can't do that with an implicit memory I might not even know what exactly is affecting me what is
0: affecting me yeah and EMDR can really help you to remember those things and then yeah process through them um so yeah, something to think about. Uh, so I think it's really interesting to learn about if you're an, an interested in psychology and all of that. Um, but as like as I said, I was I since then I have been continuing to do my talk therapy, and I think EMDR helped. Now my talk therapy be more effective, um, and just in talk therapy, I've continued to work through and identify just like negative thinking patterns that I have, um, and continue outside of EMDR, just like to, to see where those, those wounds and like different negative beliefs that I have. And just these negative cycles that I've been living in that I thought were normal. And I can recognize that, no, like those are things that I need to heal through. I just, I think your brain, when you're when you deal with a mental illness for so long you just get stuck in that way of thinking like i think i just got was in this very toxic like negative talk and negative patterns of belief like within my anxiety like i just had learned if something like this happens you have to react with this anxiety and this spiral like this is just what the brain does and there's almost like this weird comfort to it because your brain that's what it does and that's how it copes with things but it's super unhealthy (laughs) um And being able to talk through it and recognize those things. And when my body starts to go into those anxiety spirals, it's almost like, wait, I can step outside of myself and be like, wait, like, no, I don't have to react like this. My body doesn't have to do this. This isn't something that, this is just what happens. This is just how we process through things. Like, no, I can step outside of it and say like, no, this is my anxiety. We're going into a negative thinking pattern and we need to like find coping skills that helps us get out of that. And you can't always, I mean, it's like, working through things but I found like stepping outside in a different environment putting cold water on my face like something that will physically like jolt me to help me get out of that or just find things to distract myself or just like if you just can tell yourself like these are not valid beliefs this is not in reality this is my anxiety talking you can just slowly like talk yourself out of it and like calm your body down and over time as you do that you can start to like train your body to not react in those ways um so yeah, that's like what really I think I've just continued to do in talk therapy and just I have a great therapist that like, like I can start the session and like just she helps ask the right questions that I can almost process it myself. That's a good way, like a safe space <laughs> to talk about something and then come to your own conclusion at the end. <laughs> just being able to like, yeah, help find those um those correct like thinking patterns and help heal and correct the the old ones that were just toxic. Um and another thing is just like, we're holistic beings. So, you know, we're people of faith. We think that you're spiritual as well. Just also continuing to pray with those things too. Those things that come up in yeah. therapy and bringing those to the Lord, um, which I think we can be scared of, to bring those to God. Like, I know I have not prayed enough about my mental health, like brought that to God because I'm just like, oh, that's just a mental illness. That's a, like a thing I need to heal from and work through. And it's like, no, God wants to be a part of that too. And yeah. he is a part of that healing. I think you can t- like take medication, go to therapy, but um, praying and going through that is also, yeah, a way through healing. I mean, EMDR is a way to process through traumatic memories. And I think you can also like parts, a part of your journey too, can be going to a healing retreat or just like, yeah, bringing those things to prayer. Cause I found that that has been helpful, um, for me as well. And it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just going to rely on prayer. It's like, no, we need all of these tools, um, since we're spiritual and physical beings. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's, kind of me moving forward i've also similar to megan just been focusing on feeding my body nourishing my body well um taking care of myself making sure i'm taking my medications you know just like going to therapy and continuing to heal and grow through prayer um yeah and just focusing on taking care of just myself as a holistic being (laughs) um and just moving forward in life you know it's just a journey of healing (laughs) that's all of life (laughs) and we're continually finding ways that we could heal and improve um yeah and I
1: love that you mentioned too that therapies help you like identify those like negative thought patterns and even being able in the moment like talk through like okay this isn't a true belief what is a true belief but also like but then there's times it doesn't work and you do kind of spiral and that's okay and and those times may lessen as you move forward um But yeah, we've talked about this before, too, that healing isn't linear. It's not just like a line up. It's like there's lots of ups and downs. Um, Yeah, that's that's real. That's honest. And so, yeah, yeah, even us two years later, I would say it was funny. I asked my husband this morning, like, "Okay, we're going to be recording this episode. Like, what's your perception of how my mental health has changed? And he was like, you're a completely different person. Like, Uh, you know, and that's incredible. And so yeah. yes we might still struggle with anxiety and depression and these different things. Yeah. But the fact that God has brought us even to this point um is huge. It is yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I think celebrating that growth and like yeah. finding those different wins and celebrating them is also important for your healing. So even just taking time as yourself to like look down and say, okay, where was I 2 years ago?
0: Yeah. What am yeah. I today? can be
1: really encouraging as well.
0: Yeah, I agree because we can so often focus. I know I can on, oh, I'm still struggling in this way. Like, especially when you maybe go through a rougher period, because you said it's like, it can be up and down, but just to try to focus on those little wins. Like there's little things that I've done this year that gave me so much anxiety before. Like, this is a really stupid one, And But I've had someone else understand this. I have a lot of anxiety around like finances and money just because of things that like I've gone through growing up. And I just, I cannot explain it. It's one of these irrational like things where I was just so stressed about like, dealing with like opening up a new credit card or like just like oh I need a better like credit limit like whatever just to improve my credit and it was something that I just could not do like I was like well what if I I can't explain it if you have anxiety you will understand there are some things that there's just no explanation you just have anxiety about it this year I finally got myself to go like log in like examine my credit like do all of that uh, I was like scared I was gonna find like oh someone stole my identity and I just like I'd rather just not know about it. I don't literally I don't know you can't explain it it's just one of those things I was able to do that and like my credit has gone way up like I've just improved like little things and I'm like that is such a huge win for me where someone literally probably did that when they were like seven (laughs) years old like opened a credit I'm like you know what that was really great for me like I opened up a second credit card and I've been building my credit and (laughs) there's all these other things I need to improve on when it comes to like Managing finances and just like working through that anxiety, which is like another thing. It's like I can't explain it. I don't know why it makes me want to throw up and die. I can't explain it. Um, oh <laughs> that's you know something that I did this year that I I think was you know, so <laughs> maybe it's something little for you, like calling your doctor. Like there's just little things that yeah. are really hard, and it's just taking that one step and just slowly improving. um Yep, and that's life. With I'm the celebrating
1: health. it. Like I remember just like. At one point I, um, had like a situation when I was in a church leadership position where we had to go to a rather confrontational meeting with someone (laughs) and that was a situation that would have given me so much anxiety, like would have made me physically ill. Like, I don't know if I could have done it and I did it. I like got through the whole thing. Like, yes, it wasn't fun. It was, you know, I think confronting someone and having the like very, uh, yeah (laughs) difficult situation (laughs) isn't fun for anyone anyone? but like i mean it threw it and i remember like getting out of it and like looking at john and being like i don't think i could have
0: done that a year ago like yeah but i did it
1: and i feel okay
0: i'm alive you texted me about it i remember you (laughs) texted me you're like i handled that so well yes (laughs) and it's nice to have people to understand like i can tell megan and she's not gonna be like yeah like oh you looked at your bank account without crying cool oh Mm -hmm. my gosh that's another yeah literally the stupidest stuff that I've like made my mom do for so long that I finally taken over (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it's nice to find people in your corner that can celebrate those wins with you it's nice if you find a good therapist you know they will do that with you too which is I think our therapist was always really great about doing like well let's just see how far you've come you know yep I think that's a good thing to do. And maybe we'll do a check-in like a year from now and talk about the things that we've been working on and that we've gotten better with. So,
1: yeah. And let us know if you'd be interested in having someone on to talk about EMDR. I feel like that could be really good. So if there's interest, we Great. can definitely, that's something we can look into.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, until next time, uh, just continue to talk about it because... That's the path to healing, so let's talk about it.